Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Playing Around. You're with Paige and Amanda. And Amanda, I think we just have to get right into the PGA recap because it was... I will say, I feel like it started off kind of a little slow. We were talking about Southern Hills for such a long time, and the mm-hmm. buildup of the golf course, we were saying it was like Augusta National, and it was going to be so hard, yeah. and it's going to be the toughest test they're going to see all year round. And when I was watching it on TV, I was a little underwhelmed by how the course looked and how it was playing. Really? Yeah, it just, um, for all the buildup, I just mm-hmm. felt like it wasn't, it didn't, reach expectations I guess maybe Mm. just because I'm not as uh, familiar with Southern Hills but what did you think about the golf course you know what I actually kind of have um the opposite opinion like I really didn't hear them talking that much about Southern Hills now we know Southern Hills like they only got the championship in January 2021 so they only had like a year and a half to prepare if that so I thought it like the course was beautiful I thought it was a really tough test of golf like on Saturday when Mito got to 10 under I said I was on Twitch and I said to my child I'm like if he can somehow get to like nine under and just stay there he could win the whole thing I was like it's not going to play any easier it's only going to get harder after Saturday and it did right they won it five under when you know Mito was at like eight under nine under at one point during the day so I thought it was awesome like it was single digit scoring this week so different from the Byron Nelson last week and I enjoyed it like I actually wasn't that underwhelmed now if they'd gone out and shot like 15 under because you know there's a little bit of rain the course is a little softer than they were expecting it to be but I think the 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 greens were really tough I mean we saw more people miss putts that normally would go in like those were some sharp edges now guys were and, and then the mental factor of it how many tee shots did we see just hit like patrons and go into trees like it's like it's not even like it's that tight I mean it is tight but it's not so tight that like you would see these like just 
shots going everywhere. So <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good week. So what did you enjoy about this week? That if you were a little underwhelmed, what did you like the most? With the course, I, I think that the tournament ended up being incredible. Mm-hmm. I think it was because the scores got to a 10 under at one point and people yeah. were saying before the tournament even started that we're looking around even par. That's where we're going with this. And so mm-hmm. when it got to 10 under with very difficult conditions, it was very windy, uh, especially on Saturday, it was cold. And so I, again, I was expecting like... Mm-hmm more carnage, I guess. And maybe that's just like, you know, not good of me to want that. But I I just thought that the scores were going to be higher. Hmm. And that's what I was kind of expecting. Um, But all in all, I think the course um, was great. I think, again, I just had really high expectations. I didn't know what to expect. Mm. Uh, But the play, I will say when it was like going into Sunday, I didn't know what to expect. I thought Rory was going to give it a run. Mm -hmm. I thought Mito was potentially going to um, get it done. And it looked like that was going to happen. But as we know, Mito was going in with a one-shot lead into 18. Ends up hitting this really weird shot. So Paige, okay, if you were in that position, now I know it's different, like when you were there and in the moment, but if you have a one-shot lead and you just need to make par and you know there's shit like long right... What, what, like, wouldn't you maybe hit a little less club? Maybe if you draw a three wood, you're in a perfect position, right? I mean, that was course management on both his part and his caddies, I think. I don't know how his caddy let him hit driver on 18. I don't but then know. Bone, but then Bones let JT hit driver on 18 when again, on in, in not in regulation in the playoff. Now, JT only needed a par to win and he hit driver too. What the hell was that? I don't know. Like you were saying, you have a one-shot lead, you hit three wood off the tee, lay it up, and maybe he was thinking, oh, I hit a really good drive on 17. Mm -hmm. I feel comfortable. I feel confident. Let's stick to the game plan, and that's, you know, how he felt best mentally going into that hole. Mm -hmm. But he did not look comfortable when he hit that shot. It was Mm -hmm. this really fast, cutty swing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, ends up hitting in the fairway, rolling off into the water. Why don't you hit three wood? And you know, I don't know if his caddy even tried to talk him into it, but Mm -hmm. it was just horrible course management. And I feel terrible for him. I know. And you know what, speaking of, so when you said like, he just didn't look comfortable, he hit a really fast, like it was really fast swing, fast routine, whatever. That's how I felt watching Matt Fitzpatrick the entire round. And I want to say that surprised me the most because Matt Fitzpatrick has seven DP world tour titles. Like that's not easy to do. He has had a phenomenal career as a two-time Ryder Cupper. I would have thought that in that position now, maybe he, I guess he just hasn't been in that position to actually win, right? If he shot even yesterday, he would have won by one. And he kind of like, he choked. He was going really, really fast with his routine. And then he was hitting shots. He was overdrawing certain shots and kind of taking weird um, lines on other ones. And I, to me, that was the most shocking because I thought if anyone was going to crumble, it was not going to be Matt Fitzpatrick. Was that your biggest shocker on Sunday as well? A hundred percent. I was talking to so many people and we're like, who's going to come out on top? Because it was, Mito's never been in that position before. Mm -hmm. And anytime you have a lead, sleeping on a lead in a major, it's tough. I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. It's tough. And so we're looking behind and out of everyone, Matt Fitzpatrick was the guy that I thought was going to get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, Shocking. Yeah. Especially on 17 too, where it's like he actually had an opportunity to go birdie birdie to get back into it and just 
sucked. Like, yeah. yeah, there's no like two ways around it. Like he just couldn't get it done. And I don't know. So they were waiting a lot. They were. The entire round. Yeah. The entire round. And I don't know if that kind of got to them too, because they weren't playing great golf as, you know, a twosome in the final round, but they were waiting at some points like 15, 20, 30 yeah. minutes on the tee almost every time. So was it was it 17 that um Will Zalatoris hit the weird that he had the shot out of the bush. Was that what hole was that? Because I feel like that backed him up a lot. Because I want to say he Mito was in- on the the par three. Yeah. So that was on the back nine. I I don't remember what hole it was. One seventeen though. But again, but it backed him up for like later into like correct for the closing holes. Okay. When he had to take the dropping from the bush onto the cart path um, on yeah. that par three. Yep. And then um, after that, it was a par four. And the way that it lines up is that oh, that's right. They should actually let the guys tee off Hit on up. the yep. par three, walk up, and then they tee off. And they ended up just teeing off first, <laughs> and so that backed him up even more. So. I don't know what was going on yeah. with that, but the pace of play was just disgusting all around. And if yeah. I'm in the final group, I don't want to be waiting 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes on the tee to hit my shot. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's tough because it gets you out of your rhythm. Yep. Like, and, and I want like the listeners to know, like we are not ripping on these guys. We feel just as bad for Matt Fitz and Mito as they do. Like we genuinely want, these are nice guys. We want to see them succeed. We want to see them do well. We are just expressing our shock at what happened because like Mito held it together for 71 holes. There was nothing that indicated to me that Mito was going to choke it no. away on the 18th. And I think that that, this might be a good thing for his career because he might end up winning one or two times on just regular event this season, go on to win a major in his career. But I think it showed us a lot about him. And I think he learned a lot about himself. Like he really held it together. Well, now Matt Fitzpatrick learned a lot from that experience. I feel like that was really the first time that he really had a chance to win a major championship. And I think like it really got in his head, like other, you know, other years, other tournaments where he's, you know, finishing top 10, whatever, he's kind of coming into the top 10. He's finding his way into the top 10, but he started tied for second yesterday. So on Sunday. So I think that now that he's been in that position, he is only going to be better for it. Billy Foster is one of the greatest caddies out there. That's who um, Matt has on the bag. So I think Matt's only going to be better for it. And I think Mito's going to be better for it too. I don't think that he expected this kind of learning experience this early in his career. Like I think he's only played like 21 tour events, right? But it's the fact that it's happened and I think he can grow from it, right? Just like Scotty Scheffler, like how many tournaments he didn't end up winning and then he's went on and the floodgates opened. So, and I think the same thing's going to happen for Will Zalatoris. I I think it can go both ways. And so Mm -hmm. after Mito made the double and, you know, he he tapped in for his double, I was like, this could be career ending for him. This is devastating. And my heart absolutely broke for him. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling that it was going to be something that's going to take him a very long time to get over. That is hard to overcome. Then I saw him in the post-round interview with Amanda, handled it with so much class. He almost laughed it off and he was like, hey, that's what pressure will do to you. And in that moment, I was like, he's going to bounce back and he's going to be stronger for this. And I think- And that's the, real quick, sorry to interrupt you. That's that the guy, the meter that we saw in the post-rounder with Amanda Rinner was, is the meter that we saw for 71 holes of this tournament, composed- um, like wise beyond his years. I just, I think that that's the Mito that we're going to continue to see. And I think 
like, like you said, like that was the moment we were like, yeah, this kid's going to do things because he just has the right, like a right head on his shoulder. Yeah. He's the real deal. And and you never know how you're going to handle pressure in that situation, but you have to be in that situation Mm -hmm. to get stronger, to learn from it. And I think he's going to come out on top. He's going to be, he's the real deal. And like I said, Mm -hmm. he just handled that with so much class compared to someone who I love Rory, who turned down an interview after that his- shocked me. Shocking. Because Rory never turns down interviews. Like Rory is always like composed and stoic and just a great role model. And you know that I don't think athletes or famous people should be role models. That's not what they're meant to be. Like your teachers should be your role models, yeah. not some chick on the television. Mm-hmm. Like I think that Rory, that surprised me, but like Rory gets a pass. Like he doesn't turn down interviews all the time. Like Bryson turns them down just because like, <laughs> Rory turned it down because I think Rory is just he's hearing everything that everyone's saying and then he's hearing what he's saying in his own head and it's just a lot. So when you look at both situations, I think you would say that Rory would come out on top and like this is again something that he can learn from, but I feel like mentally this is something that's harder for someone like Rory to overcome than Mito. And No, I agree. Yeah. And I think it's because, again, it's the same narrative with Rory over and over again. And it every, pains every me. Week, every it week, breaks yeah. my heart to say this, but he's serving up the Rory special. He has yeah. the lead. He's in contention. He blows it with one round, kind of gives it a Sunday run when it doesn't matter. And it's like, where's where's yeah. this Rory that when he first came out was like fiery and had mm. no fear. And now it's like he can't string four rounds together yeah. to get it done. And it's like, it's what's going tissue. what's going up, you know, between his ears that's causing him to continuously do this over and over again. And so you look at both cases, you're like right away, Mito, he's going to be the one that's going to struggle and not overcome this. But mm. to me, it's Rory. I mean, because it's happening continuously so- now. It's so funny you say that. Like, I think that I could not agree more. Like, I think this is a good thing for Mito, you know, when you look at it, because it's like, all right, he got in that position. That's over with. He's already, you know, he's dealt with that. He also just made $800,000. Like, we'll be fine. (laughs) Um, But like Rory, I think it's like, he's just broken. Like I, I get this point. I feel like his soul has to just be broken because it's continuous. Or if he shoots a bad round on a Thursday to major, he shoots a, you know, 65 on Friday and then doesn't make the cut. Like, and oh, and you know what the most heartbreaking thing was he put two great rounds together Thursday, Friday, right? I mean, he could have shot himself out of contention on Friday and then like still made the cut and then got himself back into contention on Saturday. But it was the fact that he shot himself out of contention on Saturday, which is moving day. Yeah. Like that's an issue. And he continues to do this kind of stuff. And it's, it's like, we kind of see it with Jordan too. Like, I feel like Rory and Jordan are kind of different sides of a similar coin, maybe even the same coin because they both, you know, like Jordan shot one under yesterday. Not that <laughs> Paige is losing her headphones over there. She's so, she doesn't even want to hear about Jordan Spieth right now. So, <laughs> so like, that's the thing. Like it just Jordan, you know, shoots one under. Oh, not a lot of guys were going under par yesterday. So no. I don't know. I think it's the scar tissue. But one guy that made the cut and didn't finish was Tiger. And one reason I really want to mention Tiger is because he called JT like immediately after JT answers the phone. Hi, dear. Like, I think the friendship is cute, but at this point, like they are so far up each other's butts. Like, I don't know how they function. Like they are so far up there. I thought that interaction was a bit odd, to be honest. Hi, dear. It was just a little weird and it felt 
it felt weird from Tiger's side because I feel like with Tiger, he doesn't like to insert himself into situations to create more press or to start, Mm -hmm. you know, like a storyline. And so for him to call when he's clearly on TV, I mean, Tiger has to be watching this. And it's like, that just wasn't like a Tiger move to me, which was, how do we know it was Tiger? Actually, here's a good thing. So you know what I'm thinking now that you're saying that's such not a Tiger move because it really isn't. And what, so he withdrew from the tournament on Saturday night, He's back home in Jupiter. He's probably getting like, he. they might've put him on some painkillers. He's probably drinking, like he's probably a little turnt. Like he was, he's in pain. Like, you know, Tiger likes to medicate. Maybe he was a little turnt and that's what he did it. But like, that really is very like not Tiger. And that's why like the friendship, I think it's a really cool friendship. Like, I think it's great. Justin Thomas is an only child. Tiger's basically an only child. Um, And then JT and Charlie and like that little friendship. And it's great. Don't get me wrong. But there gets to a point when people are like so far up each other's asses. Like, like, I feel like. Actually, I'm not, I'm, I was going to say something mean, but it's just, they're just up each other's butts. I was going to insult someone else who's also up Tiger's asshole constantly, but. <laughs> I know you're going with that one for sure. Yeah. But it's almost like this weird click too, because John Rom, when he saw that interaction was somewhere just like in a fetal position crying because. Uh, I know. You know, he had, he came out during the masters and was like, mm-hmm. I've talked to Tiger. I've tried to like build this relationship. Tiger wants none of it. Yet he's basically giving like course notes to JT. <laughs> and so people even on tour are like, what is going on with this friendship relationship that is like yeah. happening between them? And like at that point, I was, that was weird. I was more thrown off by the triple dab that JT did. Oh, I knew he was looking at Smiley Kaufman. Like the second he did that, I went Smiley standing behind the green because Smiley Kaufman was doing commentary for ESPN this week, um, ESPN Plus, and Smiley's like known for dabbing and he tweeted something about dabbing at everyone earlier in the week. So I did actually, I thought that was kind of funny because I knew Smiley was around. Came out of nowhere, but we'll get into (laughs) the playoff in just a second. But speaking of commentary... I was so bored by Nance and Faldo. It is this insanely intense playoff. I I mean, even that with Mito on 18 into the playoff, it was insane. Mm -hmm. And they're over there just like, yep, JT hit a great shot on number (laughs) 17 in the playoff. I'm like, JT's hit like the shot of his life and drove this green. It clubbed world like crazy. And I'm like, what are they doing? I know. What are they doing? Do you think we got spoiled by Scott Van Pelt doing so much of the commentary? He was so funny. Like, was I the would first round die he, for Scott Van Pelt. He's just like, he's just such a nice guy and he's funny and he's like, he just gets it. Like when the air traffic controller was in, he's like, hey, enough, enough of you. Like we're trying <laughs> to do a TV thing over here. And I just thought that was so funny because like Nance would have just ignored it and like let it keep happening. But like he acknowledged it right away. He made a joke of it. He made another joke of it. Like he just, he's just great. Like Scott Van Pelt is so good. But I, so I was streaming um, the four rounds on Twitch, like live, like come watch with me kind of thing. And it was a lot of fun. Um, but I couldn't hear a lot of the commentary because I had to turn it down so it wouldn't yeah. like, play over my stuff. Um, so I kind of missed that. But it was funny because the second you tweeted something like these announcers are so boring. Um, somebody, mentioned in my twitch chat they're like page 
firing on the commentators or something like like missiles fired or something like that. And I was like, I got to go look. And I was like, yeah, I don't disagree. Like, I, I can't imagine. But they're like untouchable. Like people don't even really talk about it. And it's like, this should be discussed. They're like reading fucking lullabies when this playoff is happening and it's like i want to feel the excitement i want to feel the passion through you as we are all feeling it watching it on tv right now and you have someone like a scott van pell and colt nose doing you know the on-air commentary and it's like that is what i want i want more of that i want someone who Mm -hmm. inserts humor but in a in a funny way who does it right like faldo tries to insert humor and you're just like (laughs) enough is enough yeah. You know, and I, I don't know where it's coming from. And I'm sure they have so many people in their ear telling them oh, what to say and what to do. But it's like, give me something, something. I want to hear the excitement and I want to like any other sport. Tony Romo screaming into his mic <laughs> and just having so much fun. He's like a kid in a candy store. And that enthusiasm is infective. And it's like, infective? Infected? In- infectious. I, I, infectious. infectious. I, when you said infective, I was like... I can't think of the word, but it's not that. Infectious. That's I was what like, you meant. It's, I'm coming out with it. It's just like it was coming out. I'm like, infective. that's not right, but we're gonna we're gonna roll with that's it. That's gonna be the infectious. title of our screen of our thing. It's infective. <laughs> it's infective. But again, it's like you want to have that passion, and I it just fell flat. Yeah. Fell flat. And I'm like, this is why people don't love to watch golf and they think it's perfect to turn on for a nap because it's like they're talking, <laughs> they're whispering. You know, there's no like up and down, nothing. <sighs> it's funny. You know, I, when growing up, I loved Ian Baker Finch. Like I loved his voice. I thought he was so good at his job. Now as an adult, I'm like, stop talking <laughs> for the love of Jesus. Just stop. Like, I don't know. There's something about it. It's like, maybe it's the things he says or whatever. Trevor Immelman gets me too. Like sometimes he says stuff and I'm just like, what? Like, it's just, you guys couldn't see because, you know, it, it podcast is for your ear holes, but I was, I was making a confused face. Um, like, I just, I don't know. And I, I, I there are times though when Trevor Immelman, I'm like, he's great. He's, you know, actually sometimes when he's in the booth, he's pretty good, but I don't know. There's something about like, I think when you just hear the same voices constantly, you're just over it. But then like, if you're in this golf space, like God forbid you or I, make any kind of criticism or commentary or whatever on the broadcast because then everyone else in media is like oh my god why do you hate the media why are you siding with lee westwood what are you doing why do you like the lid torn it's like i didn't say any of that i literally just like if i see something i want some inflection in their voice like that's it and it's like and i know it's a difficult job i think Dottie actually does a really great job i was gonna say she's kind of funny like Okay, sorry to interrupt you. So Dottie, I was thinking about this earlier and then I lost my train of thought when you're talking about Tony Romo. (laughs) She's always just kind of, I've always thought of her as maybe just kind of humorless and not that fun. But I've noticed recently, like she makes jokes that aren't like forced stupid jokes. They're just kind of like cute grandma jokes. Like she's actually like, I like what she has to say. Dottie has grown on me a lot. I like Dot. And she knows how to insert herself at the right time. Yes. I feel like sometimes Faldo talks just because he wants to hear his own voice. Oh my God, just because he doesn't know like, what he's saying. And he wants exactly, to- exactly. But Dottie, it's like when they throw it to her, she always has something insightful to say. She'll throw in some humor here and there. Like she mm-hmm. does a really good job with it. Yeah. And there are past commentators who have done great, but it's like they stick with these same people all the time. And it's like, let's mix it up and even when they were trying to do something cool and different with joe buck i'm like it's fucking joe buck 
It's mm-hmm. Joe Buck. We're we hear Joe Buck all the time. It's like give someone else an opportunity that's out there, a voice on social media, anything. And I, I'm not we're not I'm, I'm not throwing <laughs> ourselves into I am. you know the um, ring right now. I'm like I, it should be Paige and Amanda. See, what are they the doing? <laughs> I I mean my my th- I've always wanted to do on course commentary. Like that's always been my goal since I was little. I don't know why that's always been what I've wanted to do. And now that there's all these digital streaming platforms. They like you would think that that would be a good place for me to work because I have the golf knowledge. I know how to do like everything. But they're like, oh, no, you fought with someone on Twitter one time. So you can't work for us. And I'm like, "Okay, (laughs) but you have someone working for you that literally has a felony drug charge. Like, that's great. Cool. Like because they have a dick, Amanda. Well, let's see. That's the thing. It's like I they want excuses to not hire me and I'm not fucking going anywhere. That's why I'm doing my Twitch stuff, because you know what? I'll give you my commentary because I'm sick of listening to that shit. No one. They don't want to give me a platform. Fine. I'll make my own. And it's just really frustrating because it's like I'm not cookie cutter. I'm not going to no. like nod my head and kiss your butt all the time. I'm going to, I'm, I'm also not an idiot, right? I'm a very intelligent human being. Go Gators. Like I know when not to say the F word. I know when not to talk about penises. Like I know how to be professional depending on the setting. So I'm getting so heated right now because you're talking about, it, it's like, give someone else a chance. Like I have been trying for fucking yeah. years. Like I didn't just make a golf Twitter because I like tweeting about golf. That's my resume. That's what I'm trying to do. And it's like, it's the fact that, oh, you, you argued with someone on Twitter. It's like, no, you've wanted a reason not to work with me. And that was a good excuse for it. And it's always the excuses. Like I I felt it on the same side too, where they're like, well, your Instagram is too provocative. Mm -hmm. Oh, but they have, they've hired girls who are wearing bikinis on their Instagram accounts. How is it different when they do it compared to when I do it? Or I, I got, I don't have enough golf knowledge. I played golf professionally. Again, I do this for a living. And then they'll hire someone who has come from the hockey, you know, network. Mm. And you're like, hmm, they don't know golf and they're using the wrong terminology. I mean, learn about the sport a little bit. Like if you're going to get paid and take a job doing something that someone who actually loves golf and wants to be in there is going to do, be better at it, you know? (laughs) And I would say that to her face. I I hope I meet that lady so I can say to her face, you need to learn more about golf or get the fuck out. Well, the, and the thing that I never can wrap my head around is that these networks want to reach the younger demographic, right? They don't give a shit. They say that, but they don't give a shit. So it's like the digital age, everyone now, there's so many streaming platforms and there is basically people are putting out their audition roles on Twitch, on streaming platforms every single day. Yeah. You could go and find anyone out there who would be a better combination than Vance and Faldo. I'll say it. I just fucking said it and I don't take it back. I think that there are better people out there, younger people who are more hungry, ready to do this and want to do this. And I think there's a spot for them in traditional media, like either adapt and change or get left behind. And that's where we're at right now. It's very interesting conversation, but let's move on to the highlights. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast, How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. 
You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. As we saw during the PGA Championship, it is so vital to have clubs that fit you. And that is why I love Club Champion. I go in there all the time to one, get new equipment and to get fit. But more importantly, they offer this free service when you purchase a set of clubs. You can go in at any time and they will check your gapping through all of your yardages in your clubs. They wanna make sure everything fits you perfectly. Your loft, your lie, you can go in whenever you want and they will just spend a whole day with you making sure that your clubs that you bought fit you perfectly because Club Champion, they care about you and making sure that you have confidence in your set of Club Champion clubs. They have all of the brands there that you could ever dream of and more more, all of the shafts, all of the grips. And so you're really getting this amazing custom experience in these clubs that fit you. Yes, it is an investment up front, but it's really going to make such a difference in your game. You see these pros, they would not play at the PGA Championship without a perfectly fitted set of golf clubs for them. And you're not any different. Expect the best, want the best for yourself. And so go through the club champion fitting process, or if you want to gift someone, this is an amazing gift. And because I love you guys so much, I'm going to give you a discount code. It's page P-A-I-G-E. Use that at checkout. You get 20% off of your fitting fee with a purchase of a new set of golf clubs. So it is, again, worth it. It is worth it. If you want to lower your scores, you want to get better, you want to take your game to that next level, go get fit at Club Champion. So we had the playoff between Will Zalatoris and Justin Thomas. I think the three-hole playoff is the best playoff format really? in golf. Do you agree? You know what? I think it's interesting. Now, I always get confused. Was it the PGA that used to be four and then went to three? Or was it the Open Championship that was four and then went to three? Because I remember one of the two aggregate playoffs changed. But I think it's interesting. I think it gives you something different from a sudden death. Yeah. Like, I think it's a lot better than the, you know, the when the USGA used to have the 18-hole playoff, which just was miserable. Horrible. Um, yeah, that was just so ridiculous. Like that's aggressive. I think, yeah, I think three hole playoff is good. It gives you guys kind of like a chance to, yeah, I mean, three holes. So I think of golf in three holes, right? When I'm thinking like, okay, this, these three holes, I should be able to play an even par. If I am one over on these three, that's okay. These three, I should be like under par. So it kind of like gives you a smaller sample size to think about. I, I do think it is good. But um, I just wasn't in the mood for a three-hole playoff last night because I just was exhausted. Like, once the tournament's kind of over, I'm, like, ready for bed. 
I was the opposite. I felt <laughs> I was a little disappointed by the leaderboard going into Sunday, just really? because. Yeah, just a little bit. See, I and was the opposite. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. Interrupt you me love, again. You love Mito though, and I don't know. I, I love Mito. I love Matt Fitz. You I love, love Rory. I like Mito. You love Rory. I like Mito, but I liked it. You know, because it was anyone could win. That's what I loved about it. If you were within like six shots, you could win the event. Okay, and that's the Good thing take. that I I enjoyed. So when it got to the playoff, I was excited about it. I mean, it's JT, Will Zalatoris, um, two players that, you know, people love on social media. I was like, this is great for golf. Mm -hmm. I love the three holes, and I specifically love the three holes on this golf course. It Mm -hmm. it was perfect. The um, gettable par five, the drivable par four, and then tough 18. And they started out strong, both making birdie. This is where course management really comes into play. So compared to Mita, who took driver off on 18, you see Justin on 16, driving in the rough. He's kind of in between, lays up, hits a nice wedge shot, and he makes his birdie. Mm -hmm. Mito could have done the same thing. All he basically had to do was make a, a bogey. And so again, I think so many people forget how important course management is. is and working your way around a golf course. Um, three holes, perfect. Loved it. And they were going back and forth. But I can't watch Will Zalatoris' putting stroke. I can't. It's tough. He like he almost it. he like almost intentionally missed like the tap in on the one play. He was like, let me see how close I can get it to the edge without it actually not going in just to fuck with Paige. You know? Yeah. That's no, literally said. probably, probably, mm-hmm. but he, it takes it back and it's like, okay. I don't get cause he's so talented and like his coach, Josh Gregory, when he was first getting like sponsors exemptions in the fall in 2021, Josh said to me, he's like, this kid's going to make me a lot of money. Yeah, no shit. He's already made Josh Gregory at least like a million dollars. I think he's won on at least like eight on tour. If he's won at least eight. So Josh has had close to a million out of him. So it's like, I don't know how you can be that talented, but like not be able to putt. But also like the thing is, it's like you always say these guys can't putt. These guys can't putt, but they're still under par and you need to be able to putt to get under par. So I don't know. Will is dynamite though from that 15 foot range. Like that's his range. I think that'll make a lot of difference come other major championships when people are missing those and he's making those. But can he do it under pressure? I mean, he did it pretty well under pressure. It was on 17. There was that. I know what I was thinking of for 17. He made some putt on 17. Remember he got the big fist pump because I was cooking dinner at that point, I think. So I was like kind of half paying attention, but he, um, he can do it under pressure. I mean, he's literally done it under pressure that entire week. He did under pressure that entire week, but I don't know. I just think it's like the short ones that just freak him out. And anytime anyone has to go to like a weird putter, like if you can't putt like a normal person, like even Mito Pereira, normal putter, but he has the claw grip. Like if you can't just putt with like a normal grip on a normal putter. You've seen some shit. Like, you've yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like it, it's bad enough when people go from blades to mallet. Like that's the first stage of, of the, of the trauma. And then you move on to a weird putting grip and then you move on to a long putter. So now it's the arm lock. Then you move on to a belly that's not anchored. And if that's not working for you, then you move on to the long one. That's not quote unquote anchored. So it's a lot. I, <laughs> I have a really hot take and I'm kind of scared to say it because I don't want other people to pick it up. I just want, I just want everyone on the podcast to know this. I don't want the whole world to think this, but. So New York Times don't write about it or New York Post. Please don't write about this. I, I don't get the Will Zalatoris appeal. Neither do I. Like he's really talented. I don't get it. But I'm over it. I'm. 
I think he's a little overrated. I agree. That's how I felt about okay. Scheffler until Scheffler started winning. Now, that's really how I felt about Scheffler because at first you're getting good odds on him, right? And he's like top tens, whatever. And you're like, oh, okay. And then Vegas catches up. And then you're starting to get like 20 to one odds on him for an outright. He's never won an event. I'm not going to take him at that. And that's the thing with Will Zalatoris. For a while, you were getting these crazy odds for him to make the cut and finish top 10 and whatever. And then, you know, he finishes runner up in the Masters, which was like, you know, the first time he's there and all this stuff. Then he finishes runner up last week. So, I think until he wins, I just like, I'm not going to bet him. I don't really want to hear about it because I agree. Like, I think it's the same thing. It's like it, until he wins, like we're getting really short odds on him and people are like creaming their pants over it. And it's just like, take, take a deep breath. Like, and I think it's just too much Will Zalatoris for me right now because yeah. it's so funny for me to say, cause I'm so overexposed on social media, <laughs> but it's like Byron Nelson everyone was on willy zilly like they were all about will z and i was like i don't see it he can't putt not on this golf course it's gonna be all about punting mm-hmm. play terribly same thing this week everyone's all about him and i'm like but he did finish second i he did but it's like i don't he's not winning though i know like, they're talking he's about closer. him like he's, but he's like the second coming tiger and it's like let's see no. they do that with everyone no 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 they do that with everyone the more cowl wins one time they're like oh my god he's tiger scotty shepherd has- queefs and they're like oh my god he's tiger <laughs> It's like, then they have to do it with Will Zalatoris. It's like, everyone needs to be Tiger. And that's like the clickbait of it. But at the same time, like, Will Zalatoris is going to be really good. Once he has a win under his belt, I will be back on the Zilly train. But like, right now, he... No, the train has left the station no, and I, I've listen, missed it. Listen, here's the thing, Paige. The thing about Will Zalatoris, though, is that he has proven to us that he's like not going anywhere. Like, he's knocking no. on that door. Like, how he has played golf these last two seasons on the PGA Tour is really good. He's not... Like, look at Matthew Wolf. Matthew Wolf won really early on. He got all that recognition right before he turned pro because he was playing in the U.S. Open and stuff. And he's been really struggling. So like the thing is, Will Zalatoris, like he's really getting better. Whereas some other guys kind of fall off and Will Zalatoris has a lot of pressure and like a lot of chat about him. I just don't, I'm, I'm just, but not I get it. it. He just, I get it. I get it. Like he's kind of an adorable little baby. Like he reminds me of like an eighth grader playing on the high school golf team, but it's like, I don't know. There's just, it's, there's just the disconnect there between us. And I don't know what it is. And I feel bad for saying it because he seems like a very nice person. Yeah. And like, I want him to do well, but I just don't understand the hype around him. Mm. And I don't think I ever will until maybe and he starts fine. winning. But then you look at like other players, they were established a little bit more before. I mean, Scotty Scheffler has had this incredible run and they don't even talk about Scotty the way they talk about Will Zalatoris. Scotty I... missed the cut at the PGA, oh yeah, no, no one heard a peep about it. No one heard a peep <laughs> about it, and it's like everyone is always up Will Zalatoris' ass, and I'm like, I yeah. just, I don't get it. Even more than like a Canley more cow, like any of them, I feel I think- like. I think a lot of it has to do with like when he came out in that fall series, like he had like runner up finishes, yeah. goes to the masters the first time, finishes runner up. He's in a, you know, he's in a playoff this week. I think when you look at what he has done, it's just mind boggling that he hasn't won yet because he has done like all of these really impressive things early on. Now, Scotty Scheffler, I feel like didn't have that many, like that high of finishes. Like Will Zalatoris came out of the gates, like guns blazing. Like he was red, he was taking names and whatever. Like he was just playing well. 
And I think he's only going to play better. Like, I don't think that this is really going to be that much of a heartbreak for Will Zalatoris. Um, no, no. I just don't think it is. Like, I know they were kind of bummed. Like, I texted Josh last night and I was like, I'm really sorry, guys. He's like, yeah, F that. But I was like, you guys are like, you. he has a great career. Like, this kid's going to be really, really good. So, I don't know. But I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I don't get the hype about Morikawa. Like, I like Colin Morikawa, but I've also seen him go and play, like, European tour events and barely make the cut. So, Well, Morikawa can't play in the wind. And I think that a lot of weird, people seem striker. to... You would think so, but he can't play in the wind. And even when they're like, well, he won the Open. There was no win that when is he true. won the Open. <laughs> and then the other PGA was during COVID, and those are fake majors. So it's like... <laughs> yeah, okay, Justine they- Reed. <laughs> <laughs> use, okay, apparently Paige is at use golf facts on Twitter. Breaking Amanda. News. Sorry, guys. It's God, it's been too much ruined it for me. I had it going this whole time. Yourself, no, you doxed yourself that by is saying you major. Okay, that is my biggest conspiracy theory, though, that I actually don't think that Justine or any of the reads are involved in that Twitter account. It's the I email it's someone, address is the, it's the father-in-law's email I, address. I think it's someone who, like, has put this whole ruse up just to, like, have people think that it's Justine. And they are so, like, off in their own world that they don't even have social media or know anything about this. And Justine is getting all of this hate, and she has no idea that this is even going on. That is my conspiracy Justine, like, on a bender at, like, 4 a.m., which is what I assume she's on when she's, like, anger tweeting at 4 a.m., it's she would her. be very mad about that. See, okay, so it's, Josh, it's her. Josh Gregory, who was Will Zalatoris's coach, he was all he was also um, Reed's coach at Augusta State, and still coaches Reed now, and they're really close. And I asked him, and he's like, "Yeah, I think it's Justine. It's it's like it's either like Justine or her father. Like it's one of the two because the email address is like M." Karain at yahoo.com but someone everyone can make something up and i believe but you have to verify it for twitter like you have to be able to get into that email address and verify it but maybe but do we know that it's actually his email address i just don't think it's her because people impersonate me all the time and no but they really do and it's like fake um hangout accounts or email accounts that are like linked to me or there's something else that's going on right now that i can't talk about Mm -hmm. but it's like one day i'll be able to and you're gonna you're gonna like shit your pants when you hear about it but it's like i've been sued before because um someone thought that i was scamming them out of all of this (gasps) money and it wasn't me and it's like there has been so many weird things that has happened and people will take pictures of me and make fake driver's license (gasps) and it goes on and on and on. And so that's why I'm like, maybe it's not actually Justine. And she is just getting like the shit end of the stick on this whole use Twitter, you know, facts thing. Use Twitter it's not facts. Actually, that's what what's, that, what's the handle? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's it's use <laughs> golf facts. It's use all use lowercase, <laughs> uppercase G O L F, like lowercase the other shit, and then uppercase facts. So for people who don't know what we're talking about, if you're not, why in, like, haven't this you looked it up on Twitter yet? Like- <laughs> of Twitter nonsense. So there is this burner account. So a burner account is basically something that you can't really tie back to someone. There is like their name isn't on their user, their picture isn't on the account, so you don't actually know who it is. And so this has been going on for a very long time. They think that Justine Reed, Patrick Reed's wife, has been running this, and basically it's just an account that. Def- 
defends Patrick Reed and, and the account will call out anyone who has anything against Patrick. And it's actually quite hilarious and it's funny. Um, most recently, she was, she, whoever it is, <laughs> Justine, Justine, whoever it is, um, made this whole stink about Tiger getting a yardage buck at Southern Hills before the championship. And when Patrick Reed went to go get one, they said there were no more available. And so it's this whole thing, but no one knows exactly who it is. And I don't think it's Justine. So Justice funny. for Justine. That's your, okay. First of all, if that starts trending, I will punch myself in the face. Um, second of all, <laughs> if it's not like I, it, it, it has to be, I'm going to let's hire like some crazy Russians and like hack into it, like the IP address and everything and like find out like who it is. That might be your hottest take. Like not even the not liking Will Zalatoris or whatever you said. I think it's that it's not Justine Reed. So you're a psychopath and it was nice <laughs> knowing you. I am no longer on the podcast because I, I just can't trust someone that just can't use Twitter facts. And, and you know, someone, someone has to support her. What if it's not her and we don't know and we will never know. And justice for Justine. No, that heard, is my new, I've, my new slogan. I have never heard anything nice about her from anyone in any capacity on the tour, whether it's people that are related to her, whether it's people that are married to her or people that work for the person married to her. No one has ever said anything nice about her to me. So I genuinely like, uh, even if it's not her, it's karma just for existing. Like, I don't know, but like- Maybe she's just misunderstood, no, she's Amanda. Not misunderstood. Did you she, ever think about that? Can you, okay, Paige, how misunderstood, this is not misunderstood. She So she like thinks she's Patrick's coach, right? Like she thinks she does all this shit. She walks up to Tiger's bag one day at a major, walks up to Tiger's bag, grabs his three wood out, looks at the shaft and goes, you have the wrong shaft in here, puts it back in and Tiger's like, bitch like people were like shot like she literally thinks that she just knows everything that she knows what is the right shaft for tiger in his three wood like that bitch unhinged honestly i would love that self false confidence you know like if i could go up and do stuff like that if you had that much confidence like, in your life think about how wait, successful you would be hold on one, one sec one <laughs> i sec. the fact that like just slightly defending justine reed is making you this wound up is just killing me right now can i send a picture in i'm sending you this picture this was from beth page okay. 2019 like when you talk about confidence like having the confidence like imagine having the confidence to wear that okay. outfit that i just sent you you've seen that right no i i mean the versace the jacket it's like a fucking three thousand dollar jacket i have a hotter take are oh, you ready God. for this no i'm not but let's go when you think of the perfect marriage or relationship you want someone who would be there for you support you do anything for you justine is a true ride or die she would do anything for patrick reed and that is the type of energy mm -hmm. that i want in my but relationship see, she would do anything which also includes like probably pushing him off a bridge if she wanted to like i i don't know you gotta, you gotta live well, a little dangerously you gotta you hear some to have a little toxicity I, in if, your relationship to make it, it spicy way. if i ever have a relationship that's anything near like justine and patrick like i will need a good divorce lawyer some serious therapy and just i, I got you covered on the divorce lawyer no, and fuck. on the therapy 
God damn it. I'm so done with you. I'm so done with you. I swear to God, but I don't even think about this stuff. And then I say it. And then you're like, oh, here, you can totally be throwing shade at me. Let me throw it out here. And I'm like, God damn it. Oh my God. The best part of all of this is that we haven't talked about the winner of the PG championship, Justin Thomas. Oh, I thought you were going to say, we haven't talked about the winter of my divorce. And I was like, what do you mean? Where are you going with this? It's like Game of Thrones. <laughs> winter is coming yeah so justin thomas <laughs> justin thomas second pga hugs his dad and mom before he even gets to the girlfriend that's literally the first time we've ever seen her at a major or when he's won like he hides her she's like he's cute. i will say that she they had normal. one of the better post round kisses that was like a good kiss. kiss. It looked like, like it wasn't kiss. awkward. Like you could like see the love between them. Yeah. Like it, it just I will it say felt that. Yeah, no, it was one of the better ones for sure. So Justin, I, I feel like he's been only in the news lately as being Tiger Woods' best friend. He's always the best friend. Have you noticed that? It's like when <laughs> first Jordan was- came on the scene, it was you know, Jordan's Spieth's best friend, Justin Thomas. Now it's Tiger Woods' best friend, Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas is what we call um a social climber. Or a star fucker. Um, he he just kind of looks for opportunities to um, better himself in life. And I don't. And I get it. Like if you grow up and you kind of look like Justin Thomas, don't really have a chin. Like, and I'm not trying to be mean. Like when you're short and you play golf and you're Justin Thomas, like you gotta find a way to fucking fit in and survive. And that's his survival. It's just being everyone's best friend and like being cool enough to hang out with all oh these my people. God. It's like Darwinism. Find yes. someone more famous and attractive than you to yes. be friends with. <laughs> yes! Why do you think I hang out with you? I mean, literally. <laughs> it all comes full circle. You did the opposite of life. me. I don't know. What's that? Is that like um, Murphyism? Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, is he back? Is Justin Thomas back? He, he got this win. Number is he one back? Way. Like everyone's saying, oh my God, he hasn't won since the players. He won the MF Players Championship. Like that's not easy he's already won a major career like give the guy a break like there's a lot of guys whose rhythm and tempo and everything got messed up with COVID right and Justin Thomas like he won at the tail end kind of of like the weird COVID seasons and or like when the COVID stuff was still kind of happening because then in the summer things started to go back to normal on tour um so I think he just kind of got messed up in that rhythm but like he won last season. It's not like he hasn't done anything. Like, that's the thing. And people are like, you oh, I feel like he should be winning so much more with no, how, how good his good, game is, though. No, but look at how good these players on tour are right now, right? Like, we had this unfair precedent that Tiger set with like seven, yeah, tw- seven wins a season. And you look at someone like Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas is someone that's won two. What's his most wins in a season? I feel like he's won at least, I think he's won three times three? in a season. I want to say three. It's like three or four. So that's amazing. And that's not going to happen every time because you look at these caliber of golfers. How many people knew who Will Zell Torres was like a year ago? How many people knew who Scotty Scheffler was like a year ago? How many people knew who Mita Pereira was? These players that are coming yeah. on to tour, they're better and better and better. And there's more competition. Like, I feel like right now the tour has more like has like more talent than it did 10 years ago. And that's not a knock on anyone 10 years ago. It's just these kids are coming out and they are like professionals and they are ready to go. They have the fitness routine down. Yeah. They, got the, they got the travel. They got, they know everything. And I just think that as better players come out on tour, people aren't going to win as much. You're not going to be that dominant. Um, but like, I don't think it's, I think if Justin Thomas wins once a season, that's pretty effing good. But you right? look at his game in whole, 
out of everyone on tour, yeah. he should be winning the most. He has an amazing yeah. short game, but look good at John putting Long. stroke. Here's the difference, though. Justin is the best shot shaper on tour right mm-hmm. now. He can play in any conditions. He can that's hit true. any shot. And I think that's why Tiger loves JT. <laughs> Remember when JT's like, JT loves some JT. Tiger I loves himself some that. JT because I think it's his game is so complete. He can hit any shot. He is so good around the greens. His short game's amazing. I remember I was talking to Max Homa and he was saying that, you know, at times he can struggle around the greens. This was a couple years ago. And he's like, I went up to JT and I was like, how do you hit the shot? And he's like, you just open it, hit the shot, hit it perfect. And so he is just so talented and he's able to pull off these shots that no one else is able to pull off. And so you look at him even at the players this year, worked his way around the most difficult golf courses um, this term at the players. He got the shit end of the tee times, played yeah. through all of the wins, hard conditions. And so it's like, you look at his game. He is so complete compared to like some of these other players where it's like they're putting stroke. They can't put under pressure. Uh, they miss fairways when it matters. Course management. JT is that guy. Like he is that guy can, who can do everything. So it's like, why is he not winning more than he is now? I don't know. And I feel like you can say that for anyone, though. And I think time will tell. But, like, I, I kind of disagree. Like, I think if JT wins once a season for the rest of his career, he's well, yeah. a really good career. I like, I just, like, even if, if, if we just saw, like, think about how talented Rory is and how talented Jordan Spieth is. If either of them just won once a year, I mean, Rory's, R- Jordan's already won this year. Rory won twice last year. But like, there's holes in their game. So when is, I think of Jordan, I'm cyclical. like, but like with Jordan's like, his swing's not great and he's not great off the tee. Rory, a little mental putting with yeah. him. JT, there's really not like a hole in his game that I can like pick out. I wonder if it's like, does he lose focus at some points in his rounds? Cause he like, he's always kind of, the, no, and I'm serious. Like, I, I wonder if it's like, this is, is going to be of- my new tagline. Amanda, I got a hot take. I'll say it after you finish your thought. I don't even know what I was talking about. Give, give me your tagline and your hot take. Okay. So I think <laughs> that, so there are passion players and there are glory players. People mm. play when they just love golf so much and they do Max it for Homa. themselves. Yeah. Max Homa. Then there are glory players. Glory players play for the praise. I think that after... <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm a glory player. I do things for the attention, clearly. I mean, look at my yeah. social media. Um, I, I'm, I was never a passion player. I just wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so this, there's not a knock on Justin at all, but I think that he thrives when people are talking about Justin. He loves, like he said, he loves himself some Justin. And so I think after, you know, the controversy, people weren't really talking about Justin. When they were talking about him, it was probably things that he didn't really want to be discussing. And so I think that it's like now when people talk about him, people are on him. He plays better. He thrives off of the attention and the admiration. And when people are not talking about Justin, he doesn't play well. No, I agree. I think that's like actually a really good point. That's kind of the thing with Brooks, right? Where it's like, or it's the opposite. When people aren't talking about Brooks, he's like, why aren't you paying attention to me? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, but I agree. I think JT definitely does. But like, I just, I do think he's really talented, but I don't think like the fact that he hasn't won like five times a year, it just doesn't like say to me that, that he's not talented. It just makes me like, I don't know. It's hard. Like golf it's is hard. hard. To win. Yeah, for sure. Golf's really hard to win. Oh, no. It was an amazing PGA Championship. I'm really excited. And you got your Oklahoma major. Did. You did. Wait, what? 
Remember when you said you didn't know if it was in Oklahoma? Oh yeah, because I was. Where was like where? Did, oh, I thought it was at Quail Hollow in Brookline. Because yeah. I knew what it was. Because I did. It was the President's Cup. I mixed up the President's Cup because Quail Hollow. You know what's funny? It's funny that the year that Justin Thomas like wins the PGA again is the year that Quail Hollow didn't host the PGA Championship when I thought it was, <laughs> but it's hosting another big event. So that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Um, I'm excited for the U.S. Open coming up. I think it's going to be amazing so far. We'll we've be had, there, right? We should be there. Fingers crossed that we'll maybe have an on-site podcast, uh, which cannot wait for. But again, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening and supporting. Make sure to send us any questions for TNA on the next episode. You can email us at parihartradio.com or you can send us a DM at the Playing Around Instagram account. And we love any support and sharing as possible. So make sure that you go and leave us five stars, share it, um, subscribe to our podcast and do all that great stuff. And we will see you guys here next time. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.